Hello, and uh, welcome back to season four. That's crazy of um, Moke's Audio Locks. Um, today we have. Hello, I'm Spencer O'Patterney. Hi, Spencer. Uh, hey, Spencer. Um, who are you? Wow, that that is the question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Didn't expect that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, obviously, I knew I was going to get this question. I've been thinking about it a little bit the last couple of days. I think um, a lot of the ways that we tend to define who we are is in relation to other things. Okay. So. I can talk a little bit about things I'm related to. I am a UVA student. I'm a third year. I'm 21 years old. Nice. Um, I'm majoring in physics and philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, here at UVA, I'm involved in a couple different things. I'm uh, foremostly in the Virginia Hullabahoos. Yeah. <laughs> I am in the Men's Leadership Project, which is a Big Brother mentoring program. For Charlottesville kids, mm-hmm. um, middle schoolers, um, I'm in Beta Theta Pi, yeah, um, and uh, a couple other organizations. But um, gotcha. other than that, I'm a I'm a friend, I'm a son, I am a human. Mm-hmm. All other ways that I relate to things around me. That's fair. Do you think that you are the just things around you, or do you think you have? Uh, do you have a core person? It's a good question. And, and, and do people have core <coughs> persons? Maybe yeah. Not just you. So I think um, I, we do tend to think of ourselves in relation to other things around us. Right. I don't think we necessarily are defined by those things that we tend to think of ourselves as. So I think underlying all of those um, experiences that I just described and every experience that I've had in my life is mm-hmm. maybe just... Um, there's this some, some constant like awareness of of knowing all of those experiences of sure whether whether you want to call it a soul or or consciousness or whatever it is mm-hmm. but I think um, everybody shares that yeah. um, so so the, the uniqueness might come from the way we stand in relation to other things around us but okay. I think we all we all share some fundamental core so if you were to lose your your clothes your all, all your possessions, your your skin, and all, everything else. If you were just <clears throat> your core person in like a in a white box with no exterior like interactions, would that be the same as me? Would that be the same as um, anyone else on the side of the street? Hmm. So if I was to be put in a in yeah, just it, a box and a, it just to know that I was in the box. Well, no, no, no. I was just saying a box for example. But if you're stripped down mm-hmm. to your core let's let's call it a soul let's call it we'll call it a soul for cool. for ease let's do it um is everyone's soul the same hmm. i know that's like life's question and i'm just a, asking you it like, like it's like it's a normal question yeah i mean i surely don't have the answer but um i'd like to think that there's a, a uniqueness to to how we come into this world mm-hmm. um if the soul is something like non-physical, like something you can't like directly point to, um, everybody's kind of like body of of all the experiences they've had, like maybe the yeah. the talents, the the knowledge that they have, and some things that you can't directly point to to say like this is who this person is. Right. People definitely have a, a uniqueness in that, um, and I think I think you see like maybe if you think of artists who have spent a lot of time trying to tap into their like 
their core selves, who yeah. they who they really most authentically are, gets expressed in an infinite number of different ways. No, right. no two artists are going to express themselves in the exact same way. Right. So I think um, while there there is something that each soul shares in common, there is also a, a uniqueness to, to gotcha. each and every one of us. Um, I recently just heard this question. Um, a really cool guy asked it. Uh, this, is, this is kind of a, a little bit of a transition. Okay. Um, but what is art? <laughs> um, you, you can give the context if you'd like. <laughs> um, I'd rather not. Well, <laughs> well, you, you, you can do it like generally. You, were, you just asked a, yeah, you just asked a friend if uh, what is art. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what is art to me? Um, damn. Art can be uh, art. Beauty's in the eye of the beholders. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, well, can anything art, be art? Wow. I think anything can be art, depending on the perspective that you look at it from. Mm-hmm. Um, Does it have to be beautiful to be art? Definitely not. I was going to say that as well. Um, I think art can often be tragic. Can can be. Um, I mean, art is. Does it have to provoke an emotion? Is, is what I'm going to get at. Hmm. I know that's, that's also another just really hard question, yeah. but that's, uh, I like, that's why I like this podcast. <laughs> um, does art have to provoke an emotion to be art? No. Um, there's plenty of, there's plenty of artworks and plenty of people who go to museums and just kind of stumble around and walk past the art and not really mm-hmm. feel anything. Sure. Um, I wouldn't call that not art. Yeah. I think every piece of art is, um, maybe a, like an act of expression or an attempt of to trying to communicate, trying to convey meaning to communicate with others in ways that maybe words can't touch kind of similar mm-hmm. to what we were talking about yeah. um, with the soul earlier about like aspects of us that you can't really describe with language. Mm-hmm. Um, so art often can do that. Um, but that's really just one aspect of it. So, um, kind of kind of caught to the we, we can get to the it might be a little bit of a stretch but um this is what i really wanted to talk with you about mm. and um something that words can't describe is um happiness and a feeling of happiness throughout life um and i've recently well i was i was actually sitting on the train um i recently went to um churchill canada like middle but fuck nowhere and I had like three days there and back sitting on the train with no service. My phone didn't have any games downloaded on it. And all I had was a, a book called The God Delusion. And wow. I didn't want to read that in public. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, I just kind of had to sit there and think. Pondering? Uh, yeah, and ponder. It was, it was really nice. But um, I was thinking about topics to talk to you. And one thing that I've struggled with in my life has been finding, um, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe maybe we can switch the topic, but um, from the outside, you seem like a consistently happy person. Um, and what the issue for me that I found I've found in my life is consistent happiness throughout things. I have many many spikes, many many peaks. You know, um, I'm not going to say that my life is not full, filled with happiness. It's filled with happiness. Mm-hmm. But um, what I'm trying to get at is. Do you think happiness uh, is a sustained thing? Can you achieve sustained happiness, or can you only get life from? Uh, can you only get happiness from fa- small spikes within your life? It's hmm. a good question. Um, 
I think that like my first reaction would be to like talk about what what exactly we mean by happiness because I think a lot of people think about happiness in very different ways. You have sure. kind of like um, there's experience of like ecstatic happiness where maybe you beaming and mm-hmm. you know you're beaming and like you're super happy. You're yeah. beaming. Uh, maybe you like. I don't know. You just won the lottery. You just won a yeah. million dollars and you have, you're just like overcome by a feeling of like ecstatic happiness. Sure. And there's also the feeling of happiness where you're just kind of at ease. Um, maybe satisfaction is the right word. Satisfaction or like maybe also similar to peace. Um, mm-hmm. Just like Honestly, a lack of desire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a perfect, a, l- a lack of desire because you're satisfied with your current situation. Yeah. And so, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll change the question around. Yeah, the status, so how, how do you get long <laughs> term satisfaction instead of peace yeah, and I, satisfaction? I think you could still talk about it as happiness, as like uh, not not wanting or not needing anything external, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely not somewhere that I am all the time. But yeah. <clears throat> um, I've had some experience with meditation, which I think has led me to um, a sort of like understanding that I, I have access to um, a sense of peace at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe all times is, is a stretch, but um, <laughs> there, that like, so, so what it kind of what I talked about earlier before about this, like aspect of the soul that we share about like an underlying, like um, awareness of, of every experience that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think um, through meditation, I've been able to kind of tap into that, awareness and see that I I'm not the things that I originally defined myself in relation to other things is okay. that I can I can surely define myself as a friend as a UVA student but um, when I'm when I'm alone at the end of the day that there is only the this sense of like knowing all of my experiences my experiences could be whatever they are right but there's always the the knowledge of of that experience and <clears throat> there's a sense of of peace of not wanting of not desiring with that that knowingness if i'm describing i'm not sure if i'm doing a good job of describing it but if you think of the of the knowing as like a bucket and you can put the the knowing is the bucket mm-hmm. and anything can go in the bucket sure but the bucket itself is willing to accept anything sure the bucket could could accept anger it could accept sadness or it could accept ecstatic happiness okay but at all times the bucket is always open to what's what's being given to it so are you kind of saying that you um you through meditation you've gained life uh, or more more than less life satisfaction because of your ability <clears throat> to experience things as a human um i think i think through meditation i've i've learned a deeper sense of acceptance with what is okay. and being able to tap more into the present moment and and things that are around me and and I really do think that that a sense of joy emerges from being in the present moment. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you where it comes from, but yeah. I think um, presence is really crucial to to tapping into that source of happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't want to say that like I I have a, a sustained source of happiness forever because hard things happen in life. Yeah. Um, you you can't predict the next the next thing that's going to happen. Um, there's tragic losses, and I I'm also want to acknowledge how fortunate I've been to like right. 
to have been given the family that I've been a part of, the friends right. that I've been a part of, the life that I have. Are you a are you a dreamer? Not 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 as in not as in like uh like the two standard definitions. Do you like do you dream uh or like daydream or like really think of about like how wonderful this could be and what what could happen and how this how it would happen and how good it would feel? Do you do you ever think about that type of thing? Um, like a, about like specific yeah like a, a specific like event a, like, like yeah like fantasizing like, yeah 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 sure yeah um, I think I of co- I think everyone does but I think also that is because um, it kind of a way of going away from the the present and right. and going away from what is I think it's great to have goals and aspirations and dreams mm-hmm. um, but to get too caught up in them and say that like oh if i only had this i would be happy if right. i only had or, or not necessarily that i think for me um <clears throat> my my i hate i, I i'm not saying i'm not like saying your position's bad at all don't, and i think i'm just uh, no maybe too too immature to get it yet but i hate acceptance hmm. um there's something in me that w- always wants to drive for the next thing the um that's terrible i remember i I was talking to (laughs) there's this actually his wife subscribed to the podcast or his girlfriend subscribed to the podcast but there's this uh, she's not gonna listen to this um (laughs) but there was this d1 yapper on the train d1 yapper and um he was 65 he was talking about like he didn't actually explore that many countries like he's just been to like europe Mm -hmm. um and like (laughs) and like china that's it Mm -hmm. um but like he like he was describing himself as a world traveler, and um, he said, uh, "My current favorite adventure is this one, and my current favorite uh, and my f- favorite of the future will be the next one." I like that. I, I, I like that. But whenever I was sitting there, I I was like, "When are you going to settle? Like, when are you going to slow down?" Um, and my question for you is: Have you ever encountered someone who's settled and they've? been truly happy and have you found someone who's kept on going and they've been truly happy i so truly I satisfied satisfied i have well there's a couple questions there but the can, here I'll I'll, I'll 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 do one at a time okay can um can long-term searching um like always looking for the next thing lead to satisfaction no i think i think if you're always searching for the next thing you will never you'll never enjoy the things that you have. Right. I think um, you could you could continue to search and search and say that maybe I don't have happiness right now, but if I keep searching, I'll find it. Mm-hmm. But I think you have the opportunity to just say, to say, yeah, like as a, if you're safe, if you're fed, if you're, if, if all your physical needs are taken care of, you have the opportunity to say yes to this moment and to, to experience this moment as it is. And I think there's tremendous satisfaction in that, in mm. being here now. Um, so how did, how did you achieve that personally? Cause I, I, I would say that most people don't really have that perspective. How did you, was it just through enough meditation? Did you have like a, a series of thoughts that made you think that way? Um, I don't know. I, I've always been like interested in, trying to be the best possible version of myself of course yeah um and i think maybe in high school meditation was presented to me as uh an avenue for for that for self-improvement so mm-hmm. I, was, I was interested in it um i think through things i've read through people i've met um 
this kind of just like acceptance has kind of unfolded piece by piece and I'm not all there for sure um but I'd say I'm I'm pretty close to the point where I'm convinced that the happiness comes from saying yes to the present moment at least a a sustained Mm. sort of happiness um how did I get there uh I could recommend you 10 different books. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Well, Um, I mean, I, would you ever say that, what was the top version of happiness that you said? Ecstatic happiness? Was it? Yeah. Like the, like the jumping has more of like a, an emotion that overtakes you versus like a sustained. uh, Right. So in that like extreme happiness, do you think you could ever achieve that from, um, saying yes to the current moment? Um, I mean, uh, uh, at least the way I described it earlier, the ecstatic happiness comes from like getting something from it, from from obtaining something. Um, but the, the sustained happiness, like maybe I I think that's an experience that, that people describe as like enlightenment or nirvana, which I believe is possible. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to deny the experience of people who have who have said that they've they've felt that like a they're overcome with like a a unity of everything that is um i actually just read a a, a book about near-death experiences really what was that was fantastic it's called after it was by a uva professor named bruce grayson Uh, he's a he's a psychiatrist here Mm -hmm. um and he grew up as a like as a scientist and was presented with scientific worldviews for his whole life and became a psychiatrist. And then he started encountering patients who would come really close to death mm-hmm. and then return after they were in a coma or basically when they should not have been experiencing anything at all, Yeah, would come back and say that they experienced magnificent, like right. godly realms yeah. and elation um, and joy. My uh, my mystic um, half brother, whenever I was like, um, like sixteen or something, sent me like a two hour long video of that exact concept. It was a guy who like who's like, it's I'm making up this word, but like neocortex or something like that, mm-hmm. shut down, and that was like the only thing like that should have been able to produce like that type of vision. Yeah. Um, but he said like he would like, like not I don't know if he like saw or saw or met God, but like he like he thought that was the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let me tell you one of the stories. The, yeah, the cool, I'd love the to hear. Story I'd love to hear. The book, at least. Um, this guy was uh, his name. I think it was like Eben Alexander. It's one of the the most famous near death stories mm-hmm. um, from people who do research on this. He was a a neurosurgeon, um, an atheist. I think this is the same guy. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if yeah. I do the story. Yeah. Right. So he woke up one morning at like four in the morning and. Um, was having like chest pains or something. And then he, he soon passed out and his family found him, couldn't wake him up, yeah. brought him to the hospital. Um, he was in a, a complete coma. The doctors were not very optimistic about the, that outlook. They said, uh, I think after a couple of days, his brain was filled with some sort of like pus that uh. shut down a lot of the like important, I, I, I don't know all the details, but it, it did something bad to his brain. Uh-huh. He had, According to the doctors, a 90% rate of fatality. Wow. And he woke up, like, miraculously a couple of days later, surprised all the doctors. And his report from his time when he was completely passed out was that 
he went to this realm where he was overcome with like intense peace um he described a presence that he said god was too puny of a word to match up to really um and while he was in this this realm whatever it was he encountered a guide this woman that he didn't he didn't recognize but um he mm-hmm. he knew that she was his guide through this experience and That's she brought so cool. she brought him around and and he, he so he told this story he and he woke up he was like he kind of had to rethink all of his beliefs as a yeah. as a neurosurgeon as an atheist but then four months later it turns out this guy was adopted and he, met, he ended up meeting his birth family uh-huh and no way the, <laughs> no way no way no way in the in the process of meeting his birth family they showed him a picture of a sister that he had never met really and he recognized the the sister unmistakably as his guide during, really? during the experience that's like his fog yeah um i don't know i don't even know how i got to, <laughs> to telling that story but yeah that was and the, and the, the book is filled with stories like with that ten, tens of stories that, that gotcha similar yeah i remember there's this uh for my favorite youtuber like his name's like let me know um fire ass youtuber go look him up um but uh he's like before he started making good content he'd do actually his that content was so good but he'd like do like top 10 <laughs> and like some of the like one episode uh, episodes like top 10 facts about death and one of them was a um a story about a guy who um uh put out an ad- it was like in the 1930s or 20s and he put out an ad in the like newspaper saying like uh mystic help wanted uh like we're gonna try and figure out something um and he met up with this woman the woman said um he said to the woman i'm gonna kill myself and um you're gonna look out for signs that i'm gonna try and tell you that i'm still there and i'm gonna try and give you the feeling of the afterlife um yeah and um so he um he killed himself um and the woman said that um i forget how he got the message but the woman said that um i forget the actual quote but it's something like uh this world is very different it feels completely different things are not completely like solid um but he but she got a message apparently Mm. apparently wow and um like as a as a as a chemical engineer, as a, what I'd like to call, um, I, I, I like logic, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'd say, I'd say that I've, I've more accepted more beliefs in the, in the past couple years, um, in college, but, um, how do you, how do you logic through that? How do you trust that? Cause I know that if I, um, maybe, maybe not like the, the, um, the surgery thing that would be hard to come out of it and be like, yeah, this is this is what I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, how do you, how do you trust that they're telling the truth? Mm. Because that's one of my biggest things is trust. How am I going to, how do I know that you're telling the truth? Yeah. Um, I, I think I definitely as like my, my studies in physics and philosophy, logic is, is really important to me as well. And like the, the scientific method. So, I mean, at least I can tell you from this, this book, the guy had the same question and um he went out and did this study he found these these scientists that work with memory oh cool and so they they created some sort of scale to to assess the realness or the the vividness of memories sure and so they they can do these tests and compare um 
things that were things that actually happened versus dreams versus imagined events. Okay, and cool. so they gave this questionnaire to the people who had near death experiences, mm-hmm. and they asked them to to do it first with the near death experience event, mm-hmm. then with a, an actual event that happened around the time of their experience but was not as fantastic, and then third with an imagined event that could have happened around this time. And they ran the tests on all the recounts of the experiences. And the the, the made-up events were the Least, scored the lowest. Yeah. Next was the real the, the events that actually happened. Uh-huh. And then the, the events that scored the most, like the most real on the test were the near-death experiences. Really? So I think mm. that that's one one study of way that they, they're trying to like scientifically prove that it was a the, real thing that happened. These things. But I think beyond that the thousands and thousands of people who report these experiences cross-culturally throughout all of time. I think um, it's not something you can ignore. Um, And I think also that, like, this is something that needs to be studied scientifically as well. Like, if there are this many people reporting these experiences, it doesn't make any sense to ignore them and push them off to the side as unscientific. I think science is supposed to take all of the best evidence that it's given and figure out theories for ways to describe and predict right. it. And I think to ignore it and say it doesn't fit our current views is yeah. going against science. So being someone who's a little bit, I, I guess you are a proponent of kind of these I sort of beliefs. How do you, what do you do when you encounter someone who just says, no, that's not real. Hmm. That's not real. <laughs> I mean, do? it's, it's not my job to change their mind. Okay. Um, I think. Well, for for me, I don't I don't argue with people mm-hmm. because I think my opinion's right. I argue with people because I want to make sure my opinion is right. Because mm. um, yeah. if they have a better That's argument than me, then my like opinion that. will change. Mm-hmm. So I, I try and convince people because I'm trying to convince myself of my own argument. Yeah, I think if somebody was to come up to me and say, "No, people don't experience that," um, yeah, I would tell them what I know mm-hmm. um, and I would see how they deal with that, how they react to that. If they have great arguments contrary, then I would have to look at my own opinions. Right. Um, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's an argument against right. all I'll, these experiences. I, that's fair. But I, I think with it, like just generally with anything, um, so if like it's, it's a good, it's a great way to test your own opinions by bouncing them off of others. Right. But, um, my thought is just why isn't there more stuff put into it? I mean, this is this is figuring out what existence is, you know. Yeah. Why wouldn't there be more energy, money, put into finding out what life is? Do you, I, I know that's like a question that <laughs> I've thrown a couple that like that are just unanswerable questions. But um, what do you think? Why don't people do it? Why don't people search for what you believe is the truth? Wow. I think the story that we're told about the world growing Mm -hmm. up, um, like the one that I learned in my physics classes, like that, what you learn in in your chemical engineering classes, um, is so ingrained into everything like everything that is done in the world, I think it, it has such strong roots. Yeah, I mean, since the, the, the laws of physics and the revolution. Yeah. And I think the way that you view the world has a lot to do with 
um, your perception of yourself, like your self-identity. And I think in order to see some of these, some of these things, you have to kind of give yourself up in a way, Mm -hmm. kind of let it lose a part of yourself or like at least admit that accept (laughs) that (laughs) accept um your current situation (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but and and i think there's also so much momentum to the way that we view the world now that it's hard to change it's, it's hard to pull back on that but there are there are plenty of people that um I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that my perspective is the right one, but there's people that share my perspective and that are working towards trying to, to educate people about what they know about the world. Um, Mm -hmm. which, which makes me a little bit more comfortable with, with with your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's such a tough question. I'm sure there's so (laughs) many, there's so many aspects to it, but it's a good Mm -hmm. one. I think obviously if, if you'd, you'd assume that if this was the truth, people would be drawn to it. Yeah. Um, and I kind of have one last question. Um, this is also, uh, (laughs) I'm throwing, I'm throwing some, some terrible questions at you, (laughs) but, um, would you rather know, or would you not rather, uh, be in bliss? Like, would you rather be ignorant and be happy or know the truth about the world? Mm. Like, you know, whenever you, uh, maybe you don't have this because I'm, maybe I'm just, I'm chronically online, but whenever you finish, finish like a game or something, you like a satisfaction, great, it's done. Mm-hmm. But then like five minutes after that, you're done with the game. Yeah. What happens? So with, with that, with that logic for me, I guess like there's still life beauty and stuff, but yeah, there's still Beautiful. beauty. There's still beauty in the middle of games too, but I'm just done with them. Um, would you want to find out the truth? I think ignorance is bliss is is definitely like uh, it comes to mind when you say that like yeah the experience maybe of um maybe you take a take a class and the class teaches you all sorts of uh, let's just say it's a it's a chemical engineering class and yeah you, and you learn a new concept in chemical engineering that you didn't know existed and then you, and you actually learn that this concept has maybe it's going to take five more years to understand this concept and you were doing mm-hmm. just fine before you learned it. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like the, the ignorance is like, Oh, like I didn't know about this before and I was doing fine. But now that I know it, it's like, a, it's kind of like another, it's just something to deal with and it's harder to accept. Right. I think, well, uh, honestly what I mean I, is would you accept the full truth? Like, would you, would you like to have that near death experience when you actually find out what the, if it if if that is what the afterlife is like, would you like to have that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think ignorance is what I was getting to is like ignorance comes at the expense of growing. Like I think not not knowing is restrictive to to your growth as as a person. And I think mm-hmm. while learning things sometimes can be a burden and can be make things maybe more difficult, mm-hmm. I think striving for the truth ultimately. Um, tops that maybe like ignorance of of it, w- it was fine when i didn't know right i think well what, what, what why do you want to grow <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm, I'm just i'm just like <laughs> peppering your argument but like with, with like little stupid things why but do i want to grow i think i mean it, like past a certain point i've I, got i've gotten satisfaction from every every experience of growth that i've had in my life is 
contributed to understanding more and I, I wouldn't mm. take back any of it. Um, That's perfect. Also, I think we have been like, I want to just say we, we've been talking about these near death experiences as something fantastical. That's yeah. also not to suggest that like you should shy away. Like, kind of what we talked about earlier. Like it's not like you should, it, you should strive for death and to have yeah, one of these yeah, experiences. Yeah. It's like some of the research that he does in this book is actually that people who have had these experiences, he, he acknowledges the skepticism and yeah. that it, it might be really hard for some people to accept the things that he's talking about. So yeah. instead he takes people who have had these experiences and he, he follows their life and what happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. And no matter what actually happened, you can, you can actually track how they've changed from the, from the moment. Gotcha. And consistently people lead their lives with more compassion, more empathy, more love for another. They feel more interconnected with people. Mm -hmm. Um, They feel less attached to material possessions. Mm. And they also say they have less of a fear of dying, but at the same time, they have less of a fear of living. So having this experience makes them, kind of circling back to what we've been talking about, it makes them uh, feel more comfortable with saying yes to this life and um, even lots of people who have had near-death experiences from attempted suicides will come back and have no no urge to, to kill do, themselves right. anymore. Oh, um, so that so they they really do find a sense of like satisfaction, purpose, or satisfaction or acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so. It's it's no matter what you think about the experiences, this is like it's something that's true that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a actually. Um, a, a great sentiment that satisfaction is um, kind of I kind of just messed up my train of thought but in order to um, kind of to strive for oh, I'm, I'm messing up here but acceptance basically um, and if you, if you had to like give someone a piece of advice for like what how to live their life if they wanted to live their life to the fullest or to the happiest you w- would you say that to accept and be compassionate within your life i'd say that that's definitely that's definitely a great great part of being alive mm-hmm. um <laughs> saying saying yes saying yes to life um taking responsibility for the circumstances that you've been given and mm-hmm. accepting them as what they are and then going mm-hmm. from there and, and seeing what you can do about it. If you want to make changes, you yeah, have the sure. power to make changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love yes. that. I love that. So yeah, I'll, I'll be saying yes to life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, thank you so much for being on uh, my podcast. I really appreciate it. This, this is a great, great episode. Thank you for yeah. having me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Um, also thank you for all the gangsters, uh, who's listened to this podcast so much. Um, I'm, I'm so happy that we're on the fourth season. Shout out homies. Bye.